when you've got so many people, like so many solopreneurs doing their own thing, we all wanted to come together and we didn't know or didn't have the place to come together at. I always felt super uncomfortable or like a fish out of water when I would walk into these networking events that were traditionally more like a BNI. Um, and I am not a BNI kind of person. I'm loud and fun and full of personality and that's not the vibe that I got from a BNI. So after kind of having all of these less than perfect experiences um, with networking events, I figured, well, why not create it? And so I did. And here we are. (laughs) Kind of the natural way that Social Spark events has evolved is that our our guest speakers, the people that attend, they're not there to pitch to you. Um, It's about genuinely connecting with each other on a deeper level than, so what do you do? I want people to genuinely believe they can do it and they don't have to do it alone and that they're not the only person feeling the way that they're feeling. I've found such an incredible community of people that were feeling like that or are feeling like that and then they come to an event and then I get so many messages after the event of like thank you so much that was such a brilliant day that was such a brilliant event you've put on such a a great morning for everyone that I felt genuine connections with people that get it they get small business life and yeah I just that's my community. Bianca how are you? I'm good, Brad. How are you? Good, mate. We've had the luxury of um, talking for a while as we wait for our good friend Patty to set up today, haven't we? We have, yes. Yeah, so uh, we've got some uh, work in the studio, but we're going to crack it, aren't we? We are. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're to have a great day. <laughs> we are. We are. So um, there's lots to talk about. Uh, there's, like every other conversation I have, there's lots of rabbit holes I'm sure we're going to go down. We don't really know where they are yet, yeah. um, but we'll find them. Um, but for everyone who is listening in, all of the um, the lovely audience that we have, uh, very much you know, other business owners, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and we've got a really good quality business leader in front of me. Um, so Bianca uh, runs Social Spark events and also Glow and Gifts, two slightly different businesses, but nice little overlap in that um, there's a genuine care and concern and I guess a real empathy that you have for the small business owner. And that's where, you know, Social Spark really kicked off. So I'm going to talk about all things small business with you. We're going to talk all the things about Bianca and how she's you know, built all these amazing things and, and still continues to be on that journey. So, mate, I might start with the events, right? Because literally yesterday you've had yet another successful event. Lots and lots of business owners are coming to you to spend time together, to network, to work on um, themselves, to, to to be inspired. But tell us about how it, how this all started, how it works, what's going on, and then we'll we'll kind of get to. Yeah, absolutely. So it was the first event of twenty twenty four last oh, yesterday. Sorry, um, and it was based on finance. We wanted to start the year off kind of getting small business on the right foot. Um, Still enough time to be able to get things in order for tax, uh, which even though it's only February, it'll be June before we know it. Um, But also just kind of be able to start the year off fresh as well, like new year, new me, new goals, new new everything. Um, And also being finance, it's a kind of taboo topic. People don't like to talk about money um, and they don't like to definitely don't like to be confronted by it, I suppose. And the guest speakers that we had yesterday, we had three guest speakers and each of them 
were able to share so much knowledge um, and experience that kind of they've had that I've never seen a room so engaged with the speakers. Everyone had like these speakers had their full attention of the attendees and it was just such a good environment to be in that I walked away yesterday and like I needed a couple of hours to decompress after the event because it was just so like nourishing in the best way possible. Love it. Uh, well, always in these conversations, I like to like zoom in, zoom out, look at what's, you know, how things work, right? And we'll look at Social Spark initially and then we'll go on to Global Gifts because I think you there's a lot about how you think in this and how you've been so successful in this. Now, if we examine your events, like so let's step back for a sec before we go into back into the financial part, which yeah. I think is cool. <laughs> um, you You seem to have this big community of people that love to get involved right? Who are they and how how did you come up with this idea in the first place? Yeah. So the our attendees are your average small business owner who is probably a mum or a dad, like they're a parent. They, a lot of them are solopreneurs and um, may not have the big teams that you hear about, I suppose, or that flood your social media. Um, but they're out there trying to do their thing, trying to make a difference in whatever their area of expertise is. And that when you've got so many people, like so many solopreneurs doing their own thing, we all wanted to come together and we didn't know or didn't have the place to come together at. And I suppose for me, um, kind of being in that position with glowing gifts, I went through my own period of like, is this what I want to do? Do I do I want to do this myself? In the process of growing it, the glowing gifts to where I want it to be and to be able to have a team. But sometimes small business can get lonely. And I was feeling that. Um, but I also had a very, very strong small business community um, network over in Perth. Uh, I love WA. I love the small business owners that are over there. Um, a dear friend of mine, Brooke Vilinovich, uh, who is an Instagram coach, she grew her own like small business Instagram community. And being part of that, I've never felt so welcomed in like into a like a space um, full of people that were trying to make a difference. And after going to so many of her events and being able to support her, and now being able to call her a friend, I wish so much that they like an event like that was in Sydney and no matter how many networking events I went to I couldn't find that um I always felt super uncomfortable or like a fish out of water when I would walk into these networking events that were traditionally more like a BNI um and I am not a BNI kind of person I'm loud and fun and full of personality and that's not the vibe that I got from a BNI and so after kind of having all of these less than perfect experiences um, with networking events, I figured, well, why not create it? And so I did. I and it. here we are. I love it. That's Well, that's a bit of a theme with you. We'll talk about that. You seem to just get on with life and make stuff happen. Um, so going, so if we read about glowing gifts, you're a bit lonely, you're a solopreneur, you've been inspired by your friend in WA um, and, and you've launched it here and it's been kicking along. Um, now, these, this solopreneur space, there's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast who have sat in that uh, space or are still in that space. Um, and you talked about people coming and having fun, but you also talked about feeling connected 
right? What do you find the solopreneurs that turn up? What do you think they're connected to? What are they looking for? What are they, you know, when you, when you think of about the word nourish you used before, what mm-hmm. nourishes them? Yeah, I think it's being like the matter of being genuine and a, a thing that we have at our events and it, it wasn't necessarily, um, part of the plan, I suppose, but kind of the natural way that social spark events has evolved is that our our guest speakers, the people that attend, they're not there to pitch to you. Um, it's about genuinely connecting with each other on a deeper level than, so what do you do? So what is your business? Um, and I, I actually start the events by um, kind of the traditional go around the room and introduce yourself, but in a more like yeah, kind of genuine way of tell me what you do without telling me what you do. Mm, I, it's hard to answer that. It sometimes. is. It, it is, yeah. and it, it is. It is hard to answer that, but it gives you an answer on like how are you providing value? How are you helping your clients and your customers? And how, like, what is the difference that you're trying to make? Mm. Or why do you do it? And why do you do it? Yeah, exactly. Why do you do that? Because I'm more than my title. Mm. I'm more than being a business owner. I want to make a difference, and I want to make a change. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, what's the you talked about BNI. I know a lot of people that have um, in pr- appreciated and probably needed the discipline it's provided. Yes. You provide something different. So when you look at the secret sauce of Social Spark, mm-hmm. what if you were to paint that out for someone and say, this is what I'm painting in and I'm improving it, but these are the features that it has to have. Yeah. What makes a Social Spark event work? So we're the event that you can turn up as your real self, not feel like you have to turn up as your best self. Mm. we have so your best self different to your real self in my experience i feel like that is the vibe that i always got at i don't want to hate on a bni but at a bni i'm not the person that's going to turn up in a suit and a blazer and and be looking what people think is a traditional professional i'm like yesterday i was in shorts and a singlet and that's me that's who i am and that is my real self and my best self. Yeah, I like that. But I, if I was to be at a traditional networking event where I had to feel like I had to put on a show, where I had to put on my professional face, where I knew that I was going to be judged based on what I looked like or how I presented myself, I didn't want that for my own events. You know, I've had events where people have turned up in, like, it's, the small business owner mum who has just done school drop-off, who is in like gym tights and a hoodie, who's like running, like, I'm so sorry, I'm running late, Bianca. I'm like, that's okay. That's life. That's who you are. It's okay. You can still turn up. You're still welcome. I'm still going to make you feel welcome when you turn up to our events. So, so that's the first principle. So we, our real self. Yeah. And our best self, based on what you're saying to me, it's not necessarily a different person. It's the same person, but I don't need to put on a facade. Correct. Is that facade something that you think a lot of your peers or you've had to to deal with, that, that idea of judgment? I think so. I think so. Definitely me, um, the idea of judgment. And it's taken a very long time to get past that, I suppose. Now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I am who I am. And I suppose that's a lot of um, mental health work. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely working on myself, but now I'm at a point where what you project is what you want to attract. 
where I project what I want to attract. Mm, and projecting yeah. real is, yeah, it's an interesting word. I mean, we, we call this real talk without performers because yes. we want to talk about what is real, Yes, you know, and that idea of judgment I think is real in, in business land. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know people that will overstate their success in order to protect themselves yeah. from having to talk about you know the reality of their business situation yeah um we see it a lot actually and um and i see all other forms of judgment you know Mm -hmm. very recently i had feedback that i must be going through a a midlife crisis because i bought a new car um couldn't be further from the truth right (laughs) but it's just like i like the car i'm buying it like whatever yeah but people do that all the time it's sort of part of our society unfortunately um when you think about your business journey, what are mm-hmm. what are some of the judgments that you have in your mind that you've put behind you over time and you're now stronger as a result? Yeah, definitely. I One would be that solopreneur, um, you know, I am me. I am mm-hmm. like I am the business. I don't have a team, especially with glowing gifts, like I don't have a fulfillment team. Um, is that my goal? Like would I one day love to have that? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the journey between like from here to getting there is something that I embrace. Um, I actually like being hands-on in my business. I enjoy the creative aspect of what I do. Mm. Um, And yeah, kind of early on, I think definitely having those, yeah, thoughts about being judged about that Mm. is something that was a block, but now is something that I embrace. Yeah, it's just me. This is what I like. This is how I do it. Yeah. This is working. Yeah. And Glow and Gifts is working. It is it's working. A, it's amazing. So <laughs> you know, and I, I don't want to blow you on hope, but for a person who's a solopreneur yeah. doing it all, or a lot of it, I know you've got some support and different mm-hmm. contractors and people that you've brought in, yes. but, you know, there's 25 significant corporate clients that rely on you. There's, you know, transactions every week consistently yeah. at a very, quite a good level. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thousands of orders every year that you're processing. Yeah. Right, that's a lot there. Yes. Um, I think some people would give their left arm, you know, as a solopreneur particularly to, to get what you've got. Yeah. Um, can you take us through the build, right, to make that happen, um, to get it where it is? You know, it all starts with a few steps. Take us through some of the the challenges that you've had to deal with in getting it as, to as the success levels it's at now. Um. Knowing when to say no, mm. I think definitely early on I was very a yes, yes, yes. Everything's a yes. Um, but not every client is the right client. And kind of learning over the years that it is okay to say no. Mm. Um, and I am not someone that would just say no and close the door. I will recommend another business to go to. I will reckon, recommend another gifting business that I think would be more suitable to that particular client. But the clients that I do have, I love on them so hard. I really do. <laughs> they are my people. They are the people that I wish I had 125 of. They are the people that I see the changes that they're trying to make and the impact um, that they're trying to have on on their teams and their clients, whoever it be that they are gifting. Um, and I, w- I love being part of that journey. Mm. Yeah. T- tell us how it works. Right. So you, you obviously have a very close relationship with these people um again some business owners and, and particularly the stage you're at, again would wish that was the case how's it all work how do you how do you show that or develop that relationship how do, how do you bring them on board yeah i mean definitely like i get into the nitty-gritty with them i i have the conversations that 
may feel uncomfortable, but other conversations that get to the real why. So, and so you're sitting there having a conversation, well, what are you trying to actually solve here? What are you trying to to do Correct. with your customer yes. and, and what re- response do you want them to have as yeah. a result of the gift? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, kind of- so I, can, I can resonate that. I know for me, I use a buyer's agent and mm-hmm. f- for me, um, my biggest measure of success is how efficient is it? Because yes. I don't want to be emotionally attached to it. In fact, I want to have l- as little emotion <laughs> in that process as, as possible. Yeah. But my, you know, my first, I still remember buying my, my first home was a unit years ago. Mm. And I thought, oh, I was a, you know, this is a big deal. And yeah. wow, look how much money. And, you know, and, and like, the, the, the floor's the right color and all sorts of stuff yeah. is going on. Right. And, and I can totally appreciate that. And I suppose the commercial discussion around that as well, right? Gifting is something that, if done well, um, creates loyalty, creates a, a relationship beyond the transaction. Absolutely. So how do you see your clients grow as a result of your work? What have you? What's a good example of that? Yeah, it's, gifting is so powerful when it's done correctly. Um, and the I suppose my, my client base has grown through referrals because of the experience that my clients have had working with me and then seeing the impact that the gifting has on their clients that they then, yeah, refer someone else and then that kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a great feeling for me because it kind of reinforces that I'm doing the right thing and that I'm mm-hmm. onto something good here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, gifting done right is so impactful and I think it's so underrated. Mm. We have this term we use when we're in consulting land um, around the buyer journey or the customer journey called yeah. the critical non-essential gift. And the critical non-essential gift is you don't have to give them anything, yep. but you do it because it sends a message about the relationship. Absolutely. So, for example, in our business, it might be a book or something very personal. We're trying to make it quite a personal selection yes. based on what we've seen. And that's us telling the customer that we get you. Yeah. Particularly when they're uh, an entrepreneur and, and they've got specific needs mm-hmm. that, that are relevant to them. Yep. How, at what stage do you see your clients talking about gifts? Or, or de- delivering the gift? Do they do it early? Do they late? Do it, where, where does it- yeah, no, it kind of depends on the industry that they are in. Uh, my, like the real estate clients that I have, it's very, at the end of the journey, it's the settlement, it's the big celebration at the end of it all. Um, however, I also work with a business coaches and business mentors where it's on the other side, it's more of an onboarding gift and it's a welcome to being part of my community or to working one-on-one with me. And th- I think it kind of sets a precedent of like, this is what you're going to, you what, this is what you can expect from me. Um, and it kind of sets the standard from the outset. Yeah. You you were telling me about branded gifts. <laughs> yes. Is that, a, is that a no-no or is that a sometimes? <laughs> what's, it's what's, a, what's your view on it's this? It's a touchy topic. It's a touchy topic. Branded gifts, done well, done tactfully, very powerful. However. <laughs> There's a big but. <laughs> there is a big but. Um, however, branded Merch is not a gift. No one wants branded merch. No one loves your brand and no one loves your business and your brand as much as you do. I I will never hand someone a gift plastered in glowing gifts branding or social spark branding. Other gifts or the gift boxes, do they have glowing gifts branding? Yes, because that's my brand and that's how we're handing it. But my clients of, let's say, of the 25 of them, 20 of them don't have any of their own branding. 
So you'll sit down, customize it, design it for them and say, oh, we could put a brand there, but not here or and, and, yeah. and still leverage. Correct what they want to you know, impose upon or introduce yeah. to the customer. Correct. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's a, Again, it's come back to doing it tactfully because it, it may not necessarily be your logo splattered everywhere. Maybe it's your branding colors uh, somehow like intertwined into the gift or the products that are in the gift, um, but it's not, it's not your branded merch. <laughs> right. So for anyone listening, if you want advice, go and have a chat. Um, to be anchor about that. But to me, it's, it's actually an untapped piece. Like we, we were talking, um, with Sean White, one of our, our uh, previous guests, and he has this theory around saying thank you and gifting is part of that. Thank you, Jenny. There's various forms of it, but a complete, complete part of his strategy is around the process of saying thank you. Um, and I think it's under, under managed and underdeveloped in most businesses. Um, you know, it's, there's something about it that transaction that for in some industries um, can feel like a, a instead of a, the, taking the customer up the curve, it takes them down the curve, yeah. um, and it's it's this uh, this part of it which is really interesting. And I'm sure for your solopreneurs, you give them a bit of advice as well. Yeah, I'm going to change gears though. Okay. Um, and 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 this is probably the part of the discussion I was pretty excited about because I think you you do have two really interesting businesses you're a bit of a machine you're running these events you build this massive community you're running a business that's ultimately primarily uh driven by you that has very high volumes what motivates bianca to stay in the seat and do all these things that you're doing great question yeah. <laughs> um what motivates me to be on the go all the time um Knowing that I can, I think at the end of the day, knowing that I can and all of the things that I do are things that I'm so passionate about and that I genuinely love. And I had, I started kind of going into the year with, I only want to do fun things and people thought I was crazy. They're like, what do you mean you only want to do fun things? Sometimes you have to do the hard things. Sometimes you have to do the things that you don't like to do. But if you're not doing the fun things, what's the point? If you're not enjoying it. What's the point? I totally agree. So it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting analysis of your situation, though. So the fun things are also what other people might consider busy or hard or yes. challenging, and you see it as fun. Yeah. Tell us about why it's fun. Because I'm genuinely passionate about it. It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like work for me. I, I love with the events. I love the idea of bringing people together. Also because it fills my cup so much. I love being around people that I believe and perceive to be better than me and to be better than where I am currently and potentially where I would like to get to because that's how I'm going to learn and that's how I'm going to grow. With the with the gifting, it's I love that I get to be so creative um, and it is such an outlet. With studying, I love that I'm able to switch on the intellectual part of my brain. Um, and the studying is not something I talk about particularly often. Not, there's only a handful of people that know about that. Um, but when I, when I go to uni and I have to switch into learning about criminology and law, it has nothing at all to do with the creativity I get to use when I'm doing the gifting or the being a, such a people person at the events. And I, it feels like I'm able to unlock different parts of me 
and actually embrace who I am. It's almost like you've got buckets and you're filling them up. Yeah. Or cups. You could use yeah, the term my cup cups. Before. So you've got all these cups. <laughs> yeah. You're filling them up. Does do do you ever get moments where you've filled one up too much or you've underfilled one or you've you've do you do you find yourself managing how much you've got to give attention to? Yeah. Because you have a lot on your plate. Yes. Yes. What's I do. that look like? What's um, an example? Yeah, I I mean definitely like I look at my calendar and I can't I know that I can't have an event when uni exams are on. Do people know that? I mean, they do now, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I have to time it so that my study and, and doing well in exams can get my full attention and then I'm able to switch off from that and then the events get my full attention. I also know that with the gifting, end of year gifting goes crazy and it's the busiest time of year and I know that that needs my full attention. And I think it's just really good time management. Um, and that's not something that I've always had. Um, I now am at a point where I have a color coordinated calendar and each, each task has its own like schedule, so to speak. But, um, I suppose it's through the years of learning all of these different things and, and learning from my own mistakes because I, I was not particularly organized before. And it's kind of only been as each thing got added into my life or onto my plate, um, that I've been able to kind of manage each thing, each bucket. Yeah, little bucket, all yeah. the colors there. <laughs> I've got this image of you just is very strategically, you know, that's fun, that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It gets a bit like that. Well, it's a, it's a lovely way to live. And, and, you know, I think for a lot of people, the association with work or task or even to some degree their business feels like a chore. And that's, um, you know, would you like to have a – multi-million dollar organization and find it depleting you know and for some people that's where they are um you know what, what, what there's this relationship you talked about money at the start of the session you know is is money the measure of success what do you see it as money or success or money what do you see money as relative to everything else oh it's not everything i i believe that money comes and goes and you can always get more of it. And I suppose in my head, what like, what is my worst case scenario? Is it that I'm going to go and work a full-time job? Because that's going to get me money. That would be, some would say that's probably the easier thing than all the pressure and stress that we bring ourselves as small business owners. Um, sometimes, yeah, that could be maybe like is my worst case, case scenario is most people's every day but there's a reason you don't do it. Yeah. What's your reason? Because you could, you could just yeah. go and get a job. I could, I could just go and get a job, but I, I want more out of life. I want to be able to make more of an impact on more people than working for a corporation full time. So if we were sitting here in four or five years' time, we're talking about social spark, or we're talking, what do you hope for? What's the goal? For Social Spark, uh, my goal is to be able to take it around Australia. I would love to be able to have this this community everywhere because it's like it's so special. It is so special, and there are people everywhere. I've had messages from people being like, "Can you find a way to take it online?" Because I'm not in Sydney, but I want to be part of it. I want to be part of what you're creating and what you're building. 
or can you bring it to Brisbane or can you bring it to Adelaide? That's amazing. Yeah. And you've even got such a degree of interest in you at the moment that people ask you what you're doing today and you wouldn't tell them. Is that true? Why didn't you tell them? Is this part of the, uh, the social brand that is being? No, no, it's because I, the idea of being in this podcast room with you is terrifying to me. It is absolutely terrifying. I, even at the events, I am much more comfortable being the interviewer than the interviewee. I want to hear about everyone else's story because I believe that everyone has a story. Um, and I suppose that's where you come in and you're like, well, what's Bianca's story? And I, I don't know. I feel like for all the things that I do, there's going to be someone that finds me not interesting and that's fine. Um, but I, I like to have my me time and I like to be present in my own moment and then I'll share about it when I feel comfortable to share about it. People love your authenticity and they just like that you're, you're real and that's why you have people lining up to be part of your events and they want that and they're craving that. And in some cases that might even be slightly inspirational because they, want, they maybe want to be like you. Would that be fair? Like, can you see any of that in your community? Um, that, I know that's like I know, we're taking your own horn. <laughs> it but is. I, that's, that's my wild. observation. It is. Um, I think if I zoomed out a big way, similar to what we were talking about before we started recording, then I'd probably say yes. But in the moment, I think I'm... I know where I'm at on my own journey and I think I have so much further to go that maybe I am at where someone would love to be, but I'm also not at my final destination. I've got so much more that I want to do and, yeah, my I would say I'm only just starting my journey. Yeah. Well, that's a nice nice place to, to change gears a little bit more. Yeah. Glowing Gifts. For you to do that work, you're making a big difference to people and you can see that it's not bullshit that you're driven by the impact of your work and the connection to your work. So you can see it in your language and your and what I've seen. Maybe a, the listeners don't get that as much as I've had the chance to, but that's why you're here, right? Um, but if you were to go back to young Bianca and and compare maybe where you were in year 10 to where you are now and what you would say to yourself back then, Tell us, tell us about the that perspective from your from your point of view. Yeah, young Bianca. Trust, just trust the process, because I was a high school dropout, and now I'm in a criminology and law degree. Like, how does that happen? I don't know. And didn't you get uh, top two in one of your top, recent top one? Top one, yeah, number one. There you go. Sorry, I, I did. I misheard you. When you no. told me that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, how does that happen? Like, you just gotta, you gotta trust that everything is gonna be okay. Everything is gonna work out. And and just because something is hard doesn't mean you can't do it. You just have to embrace the hard, like feel the fear and do it anyway. There's nothing wrong with being afraid of what you wanna do or what you wanna achieve. And, and like having big goals is great. Having big dreams is great, but don't be afraid of the work that you have to put in to get there. When did you start learning that? So from a high school dropout, at what point did you did the for want of a better word, the mm. penny drop. Like when did you say, well, my, you know, I can set big goals. And what were some of the moments of truth that played out that sort of got the gear to shift? Yeah. Um, 
I suppose the turning point for me, I had been working for a company for almost six years. I got made redundant and I was like, wow, they actually don't give a shit. They don't. I could do the quote unquote easy thing and go and work full time, but I'm a number to them at the end of the day. I want to do something more impactful than that. I want to make a difference. And I suppose at that point I had had glowing gifts for maybe two years at that point. It was very early on and it was on the side. And it was probably that moment of this, like I'm I'm a nobody to this company, despite the 40 plus hours a week I was putting in, despite the terrible sleeping patterns, despite the phone ringing when I was on days off. So I want to put that effort into something for me and to be able to make a difference in other people's lives. And I will never treat my clients like just a number. Never. It's it's not an uncommon story, is Mm. it? I'm sure uh, you could probably talk to a lot of the people at your event yesterday. How many of them do you think are corporate escapees? Yesterday, I honestly about 75% of them. They were all either, yesterday we had a really good split of professional and, uh, sorry, professional and creative services. Um, And the professional services were all people that were doing what they were doing for a company and they didn't want to do it for the company anymore. They wanted to do it for themselves. And so they started doing it for themselves. And then the creative space is they wanted to get out of that corporate world. It wasn't for them. Mm, couldn't flex the creative muscle. Exactly, yeah. You couldn't yeah. flex the creative muscle. And and there's so much beauty in like the creativity. Like we're, we're capable of so much more than clocking on and clocking off mm. and looking at spreadsheets all day. Mm. Well, isn't it? It's an interesting one because it's, it's slightly sad that we can have that experience with work. Yeah. And for people in your room and also people we deal with them all the time in my work and, and my team, the, the challenge we have is that that might be what you were running away from, but you also need to think about what you might be creating for someone else. Yeah. Um, whether you have a contractor, whether you employ a team, you know, when you think about, you know, future Bianca mm-hmm. and you've got events all over Australia, what yeah. what's the experience you hope you can create for the people that work for you? That they feel like even though they're coming to work, they're coming home. Um, I know there's a lot of like, there's the memes out there of like, oh, and when your work tells you that you're like a family run, but it's like, you want to feel welcome and comfortable, but pushed um, and challenged in all the best ways, because you know, you're going to have the support. And that's what I would want. I I will always want my team to feel the support. And that they could count on me for anything because I've been where they've been. And if it ever happened that they felt anything but that from me, I would hope that they would call me out on it because then I would need to stop and and take a look at myself. But I just want, I want to make a difference. In the like in the best possible way, whether they're a client or a team member. The and the the difference. Does how would you describe that? What's the difference look like if it's a difference? 
the difference is that you're you're getting more than what you're going to get going to your nine to five, your corporate job. You're you're able to actually come to work and have fun and have a laugh and it, it be yourself because you're not going to be judged from oh I'm having a bad day. Like we all have bad days. We all have bad days. We all have an off day. We all make a mistake at work. It's okay. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's um, it's a delicate balance, and I, I um, you know, I, I really resonate with what you said because I try to live that, and it's it's this challenge, the the edge of challenging people, but respecting their human, yeah. keeping them uh, orientated to the right things, mm-hmm. but also realizing they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And there's always the two just balancing off each other. Um, and I wonder, like, if you're in, in your own experience, you obviously didn't have a great exit to your work, but what, what did it feel like? Like, what's the contrast to that that you're trying to avoid? I describe that it to me. Fe- what, like, what, just what that feeling, it- that feeling of, like, it could all be taken away from me hmm. and I don't get a say in it. That's what it was. It was that it it all happened and I didn't get a say. Mm. And I remember sitting in that room, I remember sitting in that meeting and they, I was willing to put my keys on the table and like my office keys on the table and walk. And they actually needed to give you like 24 hours. You had to go back the next day and mull things over. I don't even know, but they said to me, you're, you're taking this very well. And I said, well, like if I cry, am I going to still have a job? And they're like, no, no. How do you want me to take it? <laughs> I don't know how else to react it's right a now. Like, weird question, isn't it? yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, okay, like it. I, it was a decision that was made about me mm-hmm. that I had no control over, mm-hmm. and that cut deep. Yeah. So you can be the master of your own destiny as a, as an as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, but your staff may not be. Yeah. Yeah. And you respect that. Yes. Yeah. That's a hard place to be, I find. Yeah. You know, personally, I, I was, you know, having to let go of staff mm-hmm. and do things that, you know, I, on one hand, I know I've got to have that hard conversation. On yeah. the other hand, it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. Um, and do it respectfully and yeah. find a way to find, like, unfortunately, never, it's never very easy mm-hmm. for them. Um, when, uh, when we look at um, the goals you've got, mm-hmm. right, and this is sort of, yeah, for a lot of listeners, this is always a question in their mind. You, you've learned from the past. Yep. What have you learned from the past that you need to work on more as you push forward? Probably continuing my own mental health journey and looking after myself, especially because my plate is so full, my buckets are so full, um, and managing all of the different things I have going on and still looking after myself. Um, because me, when I try to switch off, is like I'm having Sunday night dinner with my family that I don't miss because that's important to me. Um, and, you know, I, I will eventually get to a day when I never work a Sunday. That to me is a portion of success that I never have to work another Sunday. Um, but even if I am working a Sunday, like my Sunday nights are with my family. That's important to me. And I know that that has come from I need to look after myself. I need to look after my own mental health as well because we are always on as business owners and to be always on can sometimes mean that you let go of what's going on upstairs. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm. Walk that path, you know, <laughs> um, as of many. Yeah, you know it's interesting for the, the the listeners that following this podcast or anything else. Like, you're always here. For very successful people they realize that at some point they've got to look after themselves first, and if they don't, they can't look after anything else. Absolutely. And you know, it's such a common theme with all of the discussions we have. Um, and thank you for being honest and vulnerable with that. That's okay. Um, what do you What do you hope for? the community right so I'm go- i've gone back to the community a few times but you want to make an impact there and you said you want to grow it yeah. so that's great but if you were to describe the difference you want to make at the community level uh, and and to see solid particularly solopreneurs or small to medium-sized businesses who are in that community uh, they're not in the bni events yeah yep. they're not they're not being you know forced to um you know as it, as it might feel disingenuously make referrals or whatever it yep. is What's the shift you want to see? I want people to genuinely believe they can do it and they don't have to do it alone and that they're not the only person feeling the way that they're feeling because that's how I was. I I felt like surely I'm not the only person that is trying to make some pretty cool things happen but also feeling so flat because I'm just not inspired at the moment and as Social Spark events has grown, I've found such an incredible community of people that were feeling like that or are feeling like that. And then they come to an event and then I get so many messages after the event of like, thank you so much. That was such a brilliant day. That was such a brilliant event. You've put on such a a great morning for everyone that I felt genuine connections with people that get it. They get small business life. And yeah, I just... That's my community. Yeah, I love it. And it's a gift to you, I think, in rounding out, right? That's we can all uh do this in in a small way for others. It's very um you know it when you receive it, right? How you, you gave a birthday or something and yeah. you, you know, we know that receiving thanks and receiving mm-hmm. a gift yeah. or just acknowledgement, um, but very rarely does it happen. Um, and so, you know, your, your community giving you that gift quite regularly, it's a good yeah. reminder to them that, that you're, they're making a difference to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they may not realize it, but yeah, they, they are making the biggest difference to me and they leave me so inspired. I know they all message me at the end of the day or, or whatnot, but I'm the one that I decompress at the end of it all. And I'm, that's when my cup is over full or overflowing because I, it, it lights me up, genuinely lights me up. All right. Last question. One piece of advice that uh, you believe is the most potent piece of advice um, for yourself. Do you know what? Can I actually share? (laughs) Yesterday at the event, and we will get to the answer, but yesterday at the event, it was based on finance and we were talking about, obviously we're talking about money. We're talking about wealth. We're talking about fortune. And each guest had a fortune cookie with their name on it. Little surprise and delight on arrival. And I had saved mine and I opened it in the car when I parked um, to come here to come and chat with you. And um, I (laughs) I will also post this afterwards as well. But my fortune cookie said, say yes and figure the rest out later. And that's my advice to me moving forward because saying yes and figuring the rest out later is 
so me and so what I need to do. And it's okay to be a beginner at all the things because we all start there. Oh, love it. Love it. Well <laughs> said. And you know what? doesn't matter. I, I, I've not met someone, you know, who's, I've had people in their chair in their 60s who are still beginning something. It never goes away. Yeah. Um, and that's something I have to remind myself as well. I get the little imposter syndrome from yeah. time to time. Um, and uh, and then other people go, well, how, how, how does that, how, like you do everything. You look like you're just cruising around. Um, and I'm glad that they think I'm cruising around. But, <laughs> they um, don't realize everything else that's going on behind the scenes, there's right? All, there's always something going on. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's lovely. But, yeah. um, mate, that's a really, really uh, nice thing to share. And I think um, great for you to, to be both so honest, so vulnerable, so genuine. And that's why I brought you on. Um, Claire was fangirling you, as you know. Um, and Claire, for anyone who doesn't know, is is running our podcast and a lot of our marketing and social work. And um, we were talking about you. And I just thought today, um, while you're sort of mid-journey, there's so much impact that I think you uh, you make. And I'm sure all of your uh, community already experienced that. And I hope that that continues beyond today. And I hope this podcast gives it a little bit of airtime as well. That's phenomenal. Thank you so much. Anytime, mate.